Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Mystery guest sign in, please. Uh, Steve, it's Jay. How you doing, man? Happy 10th oh. anniversary. I know I'm a little late, but uh, better late Jay. than never. Hey, first of all, uh, Jay put out was it a tweet, something today about Thon and 50 years yep. of Thon. It's great that you did that, Jay. Really yeah, great. Yeah, well, we got it. We, we, uh, ABC6 in Philly contacted us because they wanted to do a show. And so they're doing a half-hour show tomorrow night at 7 on Channel 6 in Philly, but uh, they wanted to get it distributed, distributed and syndicated. So we got them on WABC in New York. Oh. Um, we got them on TA in Pittsburgh. We got them on HTM in Philly. State colleges, ABC station, WNETP in Scranton. So, anybody out there that wants to get a feel for the whole fun thing, um, definitely tune in tomorrow at seven for till seven thirty. And then it's it's uh, it's eleven percent of the homes in the country. Uh, the New York market obviously helped big time. I mean, obviously you grew up around this. It's part yeah. of what makes has made this this place special. Why we've all loved it along the way. How important is that to you, Jay, that, that we keep a lot of what has made the place special and that we remember all the elements that made the place special? Well, you know, it's insane, this thing. I mean, people that have never seen it. I mean, you've yeah. been there. It, the operation's going on, and it's all run by students. And you sit here and go, here are a bunch of students. They don't know these kids they're saving. Right. They're raising money to save people that most of whom they will never meet. These families, I mean, just imagine being, and you know, all of us have kids, you know, you always dread, you know, the idea that you you, so you find that your child has cancer and all of a sudden now you're in bed at night saying, okay, I can help my child fight through cancer, but how am I going to pay for this? Yeah. And the families that go there, they don't ever see a bill. I mean, you talk about taking the burden off of them. You know, with you know, with that kind of thing, but but it's what makes Penn State special. I mean, it's you know, ten years ago I was asked to speak at Thon, and I told him I said, you know, if you want to know what we are is come come to Thon. This is it. And thirteen years ago, my dad came back from from a Nike trip or a day early, and he went up there, and he said, I've been here fifty eight years. He said, I've never been more proud of Penn State than I am right now. Right. And I think I all that Penn night. Staters feel that. Yeah, I think everybody feels that because, again, it's helping people that we don't know. Yeah. Uh, and they need it. You know, and look, like, you know, you're a father, I'm a father. I mean, when, yep. you're, when your child is in the hospital, I mean, your brother was in the hospital, a different yep. circumstance, different circumstance, yep. but, you're, you know, your brother was in. And for the family, it's the most frightening experience of their life, let alone wondering how you're going to pay the heating bill. Yep, and, and the whole world stops. So hopefully you know, people want to watch, tune in. It'll be WPVI in Philly is going to do a great job with it, as you would expect. And um, and I think it's going to be – hopefully they're going to make this an annual thing. You know, with the COVID, with the COVID restrictions, they couldn't quite – they really want to do like a college game day um, right. with it, right. but they can't because of the COVID restrictions. And then um, it looks like ESPN's College Game Day tomorrow morning is going to cut in there somewhere between 11.05 and 11.15 to talk about Thon, too. So 
um, Reese Davis has agreed to kind of do something. So it, it's just right that all this stuff happens, you know, for these for these students. For you, how have you enjoyed over the last few years the TV experience? <laughs> More this year than the previous years. Oh no, I'm kidding, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, no. Yeah, sometimes there's addition by what subtraction this year. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, you know what? I got to tell you, it has been a lot of fun. Um, especially, I like digging into the X's and O's segments that we do, um, and really just trying to help be, you know, so a fan can watch and say, you know, hey, when you're playing, you know, Michigan, you got to watch for the interior run game and the play action. You know, I got to watch so and so. You know, or, you know, when they were, you know, we're getting ready to play Ohio State. You know, you got to watch this wide up, but you better watch the other two as well. Uh, well, Ohio State is about eight you needed to watch this year. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, it was just giving people the ability to watch the game. Just like, you know, when you prep for a game, you have an idea, and you're in practice, and you go, okay, I better watch, keep an eye on this guy, this guy, this guy. And we wanted to kind of give the fans that ability. And, and the interview's been great. When you had you on, you were awesome. But, I mean, working with you and Todd Tadowski for all those years was, was a lot of fun. Um, and put you in a different light. Um, obviously, you know, still rather be coaching but you know whatever's in the cards cards. what was it like having scrap on with you tom bradley (laughs) (laughs) we would he would come up here and we would drive down to york every week and it was just oh my god it was just x's and o's and then it got where we started calling guys we call like you know we called bill kenny one night on the way home we you know we call guys we coached with and it was it was a lot of fun a lot of fun who drove Oh, I always drove. Oh, I, I, that's, 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 I, we, that's we, why. We were recruiting oh. Western PA one year, oh. and he went off the road and almost oh. killed us both. And, and, and he, to this day, goes, well, I really saved your life that time. I'm like, no, you drove me off the road. That, that's, that's Tommy. Well, uh, yes. I am like, like, no, no, no. Because I've been off in the, the car. road to snow somewhere north of Jeanette, Pennsylvania, which tells you who we were recruiting at the time. Yes, it does. And yeah. uh, okay, when you were riding in the passenger seat, did he give you the instruction of check the exits and entrances for police? Because that's that's uh, the instruction. Oh, yeah. That's the instruction I always got from him. Yeah. Well, now with Waze, he we don't. You know, he's like, what is that? I yeah. Go, well, yeah. Way. Oh, yes, Waze. He goes, it tells you where the cops are. I go, yeah. He goes, oh, I got to get that. I go, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it is a, it is a lot of fun. I, I know how much you miss coaching. So when yeah. you, I mean, because it's it's in your it's in your blood, right? It, it's it's the it's something you've prepared for your entire life. So when you do yeah. sit down to put together the coaching segments on the show, do you watch film the same way you did as a coach, or a little different because it is for TV? Well, it's a little different in that, you know, you have to kind of make it so – you don't want to make it so simple that, you know, anybody that knows something about the game is like, oh, this is for idiots. But you also don't want to make it too high, highbrow, so to speak, that people can't follow along. You know, they aren't necessarily as versed in football as some other people. So you have to kind of thread that needle. Um, so – but uh, you definitely look at it the same way and – you know, when I watch the game now, you know, I'll be with, if I'm sitting with family and friends, I'm like, oh, yeah, better watch this with this formation. Like, how do you know that? Just, you, you, you do. But, you know, the, the game, the thing that's interesting as you look at football now is there's so much 
so many people are so tied up in the analytics thing. Yes. That in the course of a game, you lose the chess match that you used to have. You know, I have a, I have a, uh, you know, a picture that Lou Holt signed to my dad said, I've never seen a better game day coach than you. And, you know, there was that, yeah, you come in with the game plan and there are certain things that you believe you should do, but in the course of the game, it's snowing or the wind change or all of a sudden it's raining or somebody gets hurt, you know, and we got, you know, a corner gets hurt. Well, we you know, forget the analytics. You better go after the guy that came in, see if you can hold up. I mean, there's some of that I think has been lost because I think around the country, head coaches have become I'm the recruiter, I'm the guy that oversees everything, I'm the kind of CEO, I have an offense coordinator, defense coordinator, and they do their thing. And, you know, a lot of, you know, Saban's not that way. You know, some of the some of the really guys at the top tier are the ones, you know, they still got their hands on things. Um, but the model is so much that, you know, a lot of times the head coach isn't doing that. Well, I'll give, I'll give everybody two instances where feel for the game, it was 1978, and you know which two games I'm going to talk about here because it's amazing. Jay's memory is phenomenal. So 78, Penn State's playing SMU, and Penn State had the ball fourth down and one at their own 29. Uh, by the way, in the third quarter, and Penn State's doing nothing. Your dad went for it, got it, and they eventually scored in the drive. They won the game 26-21. Um, okay, you know. So for the analytics people out there, there's your moment. Uh, yeah. And and then and then that same season, he elected to kick off in the second half after Penn State kicked off to start the game because the win was so bad against Pitt that day. He thought they could win the game in the third quarter by pinning Pitt back there and did. Yep. And that is unheard of now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you kicked off? I mean, you, you, you remember the 90 Notre Dame game. Yes. And midfield, the fourth down and one, and everybody's saying, go for it, go for it, go for it. Nope. Game's tied. And he punted them down there. And, they're, you know, coaches are saying, what you He goes, Holtz has to win the game. Meyer is going to throw us a pick. Yep. And two, three plays later, he throws a pick. We win the game out there. They were the one win 24-21. I mean, there are so many things like that, and you know, and, and that's that's I think you know, all the analytics is great. I mean, it's good that you have that kind of stuff. Nobody was better at analytics than Russ Rose. I mean, there's a guy, but he didn't need a computer; he did it in his binders. Yes. But when push came to shove, you know, there's some feel involved, and you know, I'm going to move this person here and put this person there, and and uh, you know, I think it's just it, it's a little bit of a lost art uh, with a lot of guys now. Let me ask you this. This is completely out of left field. There are more analysts than ever before out there that are being part of college programs or even being part of NFL programs. Is that something you would ever consider just to get your feet back in the game like that? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I've had some people once in a while say, would you, be, would you consider it? It's like, well, you know, what exactly do you want? Because I don't want to be the 15th analyst, you know? And, right, right, exactly. Um, I hear you. But I think, you know, I, I think you're at a point now where um, there are too many of them, where things fall through mm-hmm. the cracks because you got so many guys. And at some point, you know, you see them saying, well, we're going to hire a research guy and an analyst guy and a strategy guy. And it's like, at some point, you go, that's what coaches do. Like, <laughs> 
you know, I wouldn't want to be that removed from, like, if I were a coach, I wouldn't want to be so removed that I'm just looking at printouts. You know, I, you know, uh, you know, Sunday nights, you know, I would look at all the third downs and all the red zone. And by the time I went to bed at, you know, whatever it was, midnight on Sunday night, I, because I looked at it, and that's how I learned. You know, everybody's different. But mine was very visual. And I would mm-hmm. say, okay, third and three, they do this, and I'd write it down. And writing it down and seeing it really put it in my brain. So by Tuesday night, I could tell you, hey, you know, Ohio State on third and three is going to come after you 62% of the time. Uh, only 20% of them are hot, though, so we can get into our hot protection and throw the ball, and one out of five, we're going to get there, you know, right. if they stay that. And during the course of the game, you, you kind of keep track in your mind. You know, we've had third, you know, four third down and mediums, and they've yet to blitz us. We're probably getting one next down, you know I mean? it's So those things become because you produce it. And it was the same way, you know, when I would put the game plan on the, the board for the quarterbacks, I didn't give them a printed one. I we would write it up on the board. We'd talk about why, and they had to write it. And the, most of the guys learned it better producing it with their own pencil or pen. It stuck. So I mean, it's just a matter of how, you know, you know, you just. I would hate to be a coach who's just getting a report and not really have had my meat, my you know, my got my teeth in the meat of what what is going on. I mean. You know, and I, you know, I was fortunate. You know, Mike Robinson was one of those guys. You said it once, and it was, a, it was like a right. you know, Venus flytrap. Boom! It didn't go anywhere. Um, you know, we won at Northwestern in '05, and you know, the night before, we just reviewed. Hey, look, in a two-minute situation, they're going to play coverage. But once you hit, once you get around the midfield or on their side of the fifty, they're coming. And sure enough, we get the third down. We get across midfield. Mike moves Tony Hunt over there, throws the ball. We score and win the game. And I remember my exact call. I said, oh, and I here know, goes North, so Right? <laughs> they, they say Northwestern, and they're bringing everybody. <laughs> right? Yep. I th- it's exactly what I said. They're bringing it, and they did. And then he hit he yep. hit Derek, and Derek made that cut to the inside, and he yep. was his first his first career touchdown. Uh, yeah, and, and the defense coordinator for Northwestern just, just retired maybe a year ago. Yes. Um, the guy that had been there forever, and I almost dropped him and noticed said, sooner or later you got you got to change your two minute pattern because we got yeah. you on it a bunch of times. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll make it one last question here because I, I really appreciate you doing this because you oh, mean the world. You you mean, I mean you mean you you you've mean, been you, around Penn State so long. You mean, I mean the world you know, to me. Well, I appreciate that, and same to you, Steve. I mean, you know, the, the, the amount of respect that everybody has for you is uh, around Penn State is immense. So take me through, and it's not 40 seconds, take me through 15 to 20 seconds of what it takes to call, the, to call a play in the box and make sure it's sent in properly based on down-distance situation, time of game, things like that. What does that take to do that? Over and over and over again, seventy times during the course of an afternoon. Well, I think the big thing is you got to play the game in your brain all week. You know, even like Thursday night when you know ESPN used to have a college football Thursday night game. They don't do as much anymore because of because yeah. of uh, you know the NFL ones. But yeah. you know, I would you know, and I learned this from my dad. You know, you sit there and watch a game. Hey, what would I do here? And you're right. constantly thinking that. But those Thursday night ESPN games, I'd have the game plan. I'd go, it's third and five to 15, you know, what we do here. But, you know, I think the one thing that's lost in the no-huddle stuff and the tempo stuff 
is getting ahead mentally in terms of, okay, they kick off, we send, we start the first play, we gain eight. Now it's second and two. You know, when, when you're in the tempo stuff, you're sitting there and go, okay, what defense at the end? They look over, up, they just move, we move, we go, okay, now let's call a play, we snap the ball. There's no huddle there. And so you don't have a chance to say, it's second and two, if we get the first down, what are we doing next? So you're really cheating yourself out of time calling the plays, whereas when you have a huddle, so say it's first and ten and we get eight yards, now it's second and two, we send the play. In. And really the way we did it was a lot of wristband stuff. Yep. So on the wristband, like we may signal in F-28. Yep. And, you know, every week F-28 changed, but they'd go to F-20. Some of them they got mm-hmm. memorized. Some of them didn't change. But, you know, the right. quarterback looks at it. But he goes in the huddle. While he's in the huddle, we're saying, hey, if we get a first down here, what do you guys want to do? And sometimes Bill Kenny would chime in and say, hey, we've been killing them on the inside zone on that. So you would gain that 15 seconds before they came out and ran the play. Right. To okay. get yourself ahead of player two, you know, and Joe would come down. I want the slants. Run the double slants. Would you guys, you know, I want the draw. You know, <laughs> we were playing Wisconsin and we're on like the 12 yard line. And he yep. says, I, you know, five is, I want the draw. I'm telling you guys, run the draw. And, you know, it's like, coach, there are nine guys in the box. He says, no, I don't care how many of That safety is tired of tackling Tony Hunt. He won't tackle him. Yeah. The next play we run the draw, the safety almost avoids him. And Joe comes down and says, I told you guys. You know what I mean? So, you know, you had that exchange where now <laughs> with the yeah. no huddle stuff, you know, you, you lose that, that those, those conversations between plays because they're looking over you, you're looking back, you're signaling, they're looking over, they're signaling. You know, I, I, would really like, I really would like the colleges go to the helmets the yes, I agree. System that the NFL does. And yes, you can get rid of all those signs, all the guys yes. holding up stuff. I mean, it looks Which like means a, nothing. Looks like it's all, it looks like a kindergarten arts and crafts show. I, know. I, I mean, know. like look at the picture I made, Mom. Like, uh, you know, one year, like football. One year, your dad was six for six. He called six plays, and all six were touchdowns, uh, it, which was phenomenal. I mean, and that's Trust not the me, only year that us. happened. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. No, blame, blame. Where do you think I got the information from? We had a third from? and 12 against Indiana in 80. I want the reverse. They're chasing the run play all day. Because oh, okay. third and 12. We I give know. it to Derek Williams. He gets 20 yards. I told you. Yeah. Oh, oh, where do you think I got the information from? Oh, I know. Exactly. He, 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 he told he, me. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, you would see. All you had to look for is he reached in the back pocket and bring out the yellow graph paper with his notes on it. Yep. He always had the paper. He always had the paper uh, game plan in his hand, but he had that little thing in the back of his pocket with the pencil where with the pencil where you could you know take the lead out of the pencil. Oh yeah. Yep. Yellow yeah, the pencil. plastic pencil. But you know, yep. it's, it, just to give you a, the when he was in the hospital the last day or so, yeah. I said to him, "Hey, if you got any plays, and, you know, if you got anything in that yellow graph sheet that's going to help you, it's time to pull it out now." Yeah, and he got a little smile on his face. <laughs> you know exactly yeah. what I was talking about. Oh, oh, this, you know, I think we. I, I always love this. We need to run the Sally. Oh right. yes. Oh yep. yes. <laughs> I dog on it. And usually, usually we had two or three Sallies every week. It's like, well, which one? Yeah. You know. 
He said, I don't care. Just want a salad. Either one. I don't care. Whatever you want. Give me a salad. Because, you know? Because, like, because he'd, you know. Be watch, he'd be watching the game, and what would happen is he would see what plays you guys had set up that they could now hit because you, you got them going flow one way, and he understood. Yep. He just knew. He, the thing that he was great at is he said, you know, he used to tell us all the time, get the chalk last. The yep. guy that gets the chalk last wins the game, and you got to anticipate their moves. And in '99, we played Ohio State, and we ran the pitch play up and down the field, two hundred something yards. Yep. And he and, and and you know, Franny, we were a little bit arrogant in that we went into the next game thinking, well, we're going to run the pitch. And Purdue made an adjustment where they put the defensive end really wide. You know, yeah. people forget Purdue during the Tilly years was great on defense. Yes, they, so they were. They all talk about Breeze. They were phenomenal on defense. So they put their defensive end wide. I was coaching tight ends at that time, and we'd turn out on that guy because you couldn't hook him. And right. the minute you pitched the ball, that front side linebacker would come up and blow the fullback up in the backfield, and there was nowhere to go because you couldn't get outside. Yep. And Franz just kept, you know, we were a little stubborn about it. And almost cost us the game. And Joe came in and said, I told you guys last week, you're underestimating these guys as coaches. They made an adjustment you weren't ready for. And thank God we won the game because I'd yeah. really be mad. I that was mad that, enough because you got to understand, yeah. get the chalk last. Right. And that was the that was the Courtney Brown game where Courtney played a great yep. game. And LaVar and, had, uh, and Le- LeVar had a big play. And then, yeah, and they had four shots from the 10-yard line. Yes, and by the way, since we're talking about shots in the 10-yard line, that pass interference call on Cincinnati was baloney. <laughs> oh, that was awful. What the heck? And, and, you, and you know what? Stafford at that point had thrown three bad passes in a row. I know. I'm not sure they would have won. I know he had. He had, he had, clearly, he had clearly started to feel it, the, the yep. pressure. Because, you, know, you know, it's uh, – I, I, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I just love Joe Burrow. I love the way he carries himself. Yeah, so do I. I hope yeah. he stays healthy. He just you know the the comments he made about you know work work in silence last the week before you know work in wasn't silence, that good? Let your play talk. That was awesome. Yeah. Hey, as as I said earlier, obviously I think the world of you, your family. I mean, the world of all of you. I know your mom had her birthday on Monday, so. Thank you so much for yeah, doing this. Yeah, we took her out to Teddy's beer barrel at Clearfield and got her Oh, God, I couldn't believe you did that, that you took your mom to Denny's. Now, well, it's not I've that Denny's is bad. I've been going there my dad's birthday every year for the last couple of years, and my mom always wanted to go, but because of COVID. And so we finally figured, you know, I think we're good. She's been boosted. And look, at the end of the day, my brother Dave and I, Dave was talking to me about, you know, estate planning and all this kind of stuff, right, with my mom and, you know, yeah. they're doing something with estate planning. I said, Dave, the important thing is when we're all dead and gone, will there be enough for mom and Keith Richards to live on? Because there'll be <laughs> only two people left on the planet. Keith Richards. Yeah, you're probably right. She will be here after us. Keith Richards yeah. is... That's my, Without question, <laughs> the amazing upset of our lifetime. <laughs> yes. My mom, Keith Richards, and the cockroaches will be on the planet after the nuclear war. I said, Mom, you don't need to worry about Russia, Ukraine, any of this stuff. I said, you and Keith will be there. She was like, he's not exactly my kind of guy. <laughs> no kidding. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I could do this for hours. Jay, thank you so much for calling in. It means more than you no know. No problem. Thanks. No problem, Steve, anytime.